Good morning, and Merry Christmas. I, uh, I loved your testimony, Anthony, but maybe second service you guys can have me, him go after me, so I, <laughs> or just have him preach instead. So my kid, my name's Logan, for those of you who don't know me, um, I am just a church member here. I'm an entrepreneur, um, and I have two kids, six years old and four years old. So this is like the first Christmas where they're very aware of the, the holiday, and they've been excited for way too long about the holiday. And uh, so it's fun in a lot of ways, but, but like we can't do everything as normal, for example, we can't put out cookies for Santa because it doesn't matter what I, I could put a gate up, it doesn't matter, my kids would somehow mission impossible it and get those cookies. And then in the morning we'd be like, what happened to the cookies? And they'd be like, Santa ate them. That's what happened. But yeah, it's fun. It's really fun with the kids. And my, my family's in town. It's the first time in two years we've been, my parents and my brother and sister, that we've been together, all of us at the same time. <coughs> and um, yeah, it's a good Christmas for us. And I was just thinking the other day, and I, I know many of you have heard this story, but it's a story God's given me, so I'll keep telling it in different ways. Three years ago, three Christmases ago, I had nothing. I mean, Nothing, nothing. We had $40, no paycheck, because I was an entrepreneur, you make your own paychecks, and credit card debt. And I mean, that's not even enough to buy formula or diapers, and it was scary and humiliating. And I went through this season where, see, at first we had made money, and I thought it was just going to magically happen all over again, and I was buying, like, these really $200 shirts and going to Brazilian steakhouses, and then uh, all of a sudden the, and the money didn't just magically happen again. It turns out you have to develop something that actually produces cash flow. So not only was I not making money, but I had spent what I had made on, on dumb stuff. And so that was humiliating, because I had also, I had left ministry to do that. And so it was embarrassing, and my, our marriage was in a horrible place. We were on the brink of divorce, for sure. We should have, it's amazing that we didn't get divorced. My kids were broken, our finances, our business, was broken and there just there came this point I had moved in we had moved in with our in-laws and um, which is again it's embarrassing and hard um, and things were just not going well at all and in the middle of the night one night alone in a dark room I had no answers. 
I had no answers. I didn't know how to make more money. I thought I did, but apparently I didn't. I didn't know how to fix the business. I didn't know how to fix the marriage. And I just got to this point where I, with no parameters, no expectations, no special conditions, came to Jesus and said, you have to fix this. And what was happening is it was me and the real Jesus, not me and the ideal Jesus. See, see our problem is I, I wanted a different Jesus. Like, why couldn't I get enough business? Why couldn't God just... God did a miracle for us at that point, and he, he touched things and things changed, but wh why didn't he just give me more business and me not have to move in with my in-laws and, and the marriage just get fixed while we were making a ton of money? Why, why didn't he just touch it in that way? Because that's the Jesus I wanted. For redemption... I don't just mean salvation. I mean full redemption, where Jesus touches the ugly and ordinary parts of life and infuses them with the type of love that makes them beautiful. You have to accept the real Jesus, and you have to be able to lay aside your ideal Jesus. And the real Jesus breaks the rules. I mean, every time he breaks the rules, he does things in his own way. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, David and Goliath. The, the gist of it is uh, Goliath is challenge, challenging uh, the Israeli army, and they're doing a, a battle of champions. Nobody will come battle him, and David volunteers, and he goes, and Goliath has armor, a big sword. Goliath was about nine feet tall, by the way. It's a huge guy. So significantly larger than Andre the Giant, if that kind of gives you a reference point. And uh, he also had an armor bearer, by the way. Goliath had an armor bearer as well. David chose a sling and a stone. And what, what we miss about that is, yes, there was a miracle that God did, but how did he do the miracle? He, Jesus, God, through David, broke the rules. They brought a rock to a sword fight. Because Jesus doesn't do things our way, ever. He always breaks the rules. Another one's Jonah, right? He's, uh, he tries to run from God. He's swallowed by the whale. And eventually he goes and preaches to Nineveh. Another thing we miss about Nineveh and that whole story, it wasn't just so you totally understand, God didn't say, hey, go to Nineveh and see if these people want to be Jewish. And, and they can put on the priest robes and do the sacrifices and stuff like you do. That's not what God sent him to do because that's not how people came to God ever. That was what Israel did to be a light to others. God sent Jonah to Nineveh, who were enemies of the Jews and were 
violent people. I mean, big time. And he broke the rules just by doing that. Sending Jonah to, to just one of the most God-hating places there was. And God said, here, here's where I want you to go. And that whole city came to God. And Jesus broke the rules. The battle of Jericho with Joshua. Finally, they're coming out of the wilderness. And they are, God has called Israel to conquer the, this land which can, constituted many cities and like principalities and different small kingdoms. And Jericho was one of them. God's mandate was conquer everything. So Jericho was surrounded by an impenetrable wall, and they were uh, positioned for a siege if they needed to be, meaning they could have survived for a long time if an army had camped out for a while and tried to siege the city. And so, but he didn't let them go around. God didn't let them go around uh, the city. God didn't just send a meteor shower and break the walls right away. They had to do something different and long and weird and uncomfortable for seven days. These warriors who had been conquering walk around a city wall. And then at the end, they're having to blow trumpets and, and yell and, I mean, just like, how weird can we make this? And that's what, that's what the mandate was. And then the walls fell inward, and they won. God does things differently. Always. Jesus breaks the rules, and redemption happens when we come to the real Jesus and we're able to put our ideal Jesus aside. And this was part of Israel's problem, the part of the Jewish problem in Luke 2, which is where we're at today, um, when Jesus is born. And then eventually, of course, he, he dies and rises again. And, and the Jews, from his birth, because there was an announcement and there was some spreading of the word at his birth, all the way through, they're conflicted and they don't want to accept Jesus because they had this idea. The Jewish idea was the Messiah would come and he would be a great conqueror and he would set up uh, and he would be kind of a warrior king and he would set up a um, political institution and Israel would rule the world is basically what the Jews believed. It was going to be very regal and kingly, and Jesus came as a baby. Another thing that breaks the rules. I think we're too easy on ourselves with how few questions we ask as, ourselves as Christians. Why didn't Jesus just come and die as a grown man? Why didn't he just step down from heaven, die, and then rise again? Because that's how redemption happened, right? was death and resurrection. So why was he born and here for more than a quarter century as a man? And there are a lot of reasons, and I'm sure I don't know all of them. Uh, but one of them is Jesus breaks the rules, and he does things differently. And he came to show who he was. He wants us to know him. 
And that's a huge part of what was happening, is he said, look, I, I can redeem this, but I'm going to do this in the most humble, hum, almost humiliating way there is. I'm going to be born as a baby, helpless baby, and I'm going to be born in a small town, and my my mother and father are going to be poor. There's going to be no room for me to even get a hotel room. And I'm going to be born in a barn and laid in a trough will be my first bed where animals feed. Jesus breaks the rules and it was very different than what the Jews expected but that's the dirty secret of God's people throughout history, is we're okay with Jesus as long as he looks and acts within our ideal. We're okay. But Jesus moves us past the ideal, and he doesn't, he doesn't give us all of the answers, and he doesn't do things in the ways we plan ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. It will always be different. Always, 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 I'm trying to emphasize that. Always different than your ideal. It will also always be better and, and deeper. By the way, that doesn't mean you necessarily get richer or even happier. Better, uh, there's some deep spiritual things to better. There, there's a way we get to impact people and get to know Jesus that's better. The other things are just secondary. Luke chapter 2 verse 1, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and all went to be registered each to his town and Joseph also went up from Galilee and the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who's a, who was with child. And so understand right now, too, that Mary's having to experience Jesus breaking the rules. She was a woman who basically had been married six months, pregnant nine months at this point, which uh, wasn't okay in that culture at all. Was, so um, they probably had family where they were going because that's where he was from, right? That's why they, why they had to go there and be registered because that's where Joseph was from. They didn't stay with family, if you notice. Um, now, this is a total assumption, but I would assume that he probably did have family in Bethlehem, but the nature of Mary being fully with child uh, probably prevented him from being able to be with family. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you 
that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I think if I could choose, it's hard, but I think if I could choose a moment in the Bible to be present at, one of the top choices would be being with those shepherds. I mean, and again, we see things about God here. Why didn't God just tell everybody with a giant voice in the world? Why? And I'm not saying you can always have the definitive answer. It's not usually that simple. But we can learn things about God when we ask those questions. Why? Or why didn't he show up in, like, the Roman Senate? And announce it. He, he showed up to shepherds, and they were shepherds who kept lambs that were specifically for sacrificial purposes. So there's a lot of symbolism there, but I, I mean, he showed up to shepherds. We don't know how many, probably not that many. And he announces, he announces the birth of the Messiah. And then they go, and they see it for themselves, and then they start telling people. I suspect that one of the reasons is uh, shepherds were not necessarily high up in the hierarchy, the cultural hierarchy, and therefore they probably accepted something outside of the norm easier than, you know, Pharisees and, and Sadducees and scribes and rabbis and people that led the synagogues. And they went and they told people. They told people this weird thing. I mean, who, who is going to believe them is, is part of the question I'm sure they were dealing with. They, saw the, they, they heard the angel. They saw a heavenly host. They saw the baby in a barn. And then they go tell people who were expecting a conquering king that the Messiah is here. And this is what happened. And it's important that we be able to tell our stories, no matter how weird they are and unideal they are. How, and I, I'm not talking necessarily about weird, mystical stuff, which happens to some people, but that's really not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the little things and the big things that are like normal things Jesus does in different ways, how he heals relationships, how he heals you. That was a great story from Anthony. Do you know how hard it would be to get up and say, I have manic episodes? I mean, for real. That's the kind of thing Jesus wants us to do. Obviously, though, we have to have a certain level of redemption in our lives for that to be relevant, though. 
Redemption, again, is when Jesus touches something that's ugly or ordinary, and he infuses it with only the type of love he has, and it makes it beautiful. And so, right now, I'm sure some of you have not accepted Christ, but many of you have. Probably most of you have. But redemption's not as simple as just accepting Christ. It's letting go of your ideals, of the ideal things, the ideal ways, and letting Jesus do what he does, surrendering to his process and to his time. There are people here who have been abused, who have abused, who have trauma from all kinds of horrible, nightmarish things. Some of you just don't feel good about yourselves because life's not going the way you want. Um, There's just a whole plethora of things that Jesus needs to redeem. Those secrets, those things that we push aside, Jesus wants to redeem those. In order for that to happen, though, we have to be willing to put them out in the light and then let God handle it in his way. Jesus came to redeem everything. Everything. And when he does, it will be in his way. His way is better. His way is deeper. If God has touched your heart about something specific in your life, I don't know. I have no clue what it is. Is it a broken relationship in your life? Is it something you have done to someone? Is it something that someone has done to you? And again, and also, just to be clear, I'm not talking about forgiveness. That's maybe an element. I'm talking about when Jesus touches that dirty, ugly thing and makes it something beautiful. My marriage was dirty and ugly and broken. That story is embarrassing and ugly. Jesus loves to use those things to pull others close to him. He loves to use those things for you to see more of him. So I don't, there's so many, I know I presented some big questions and I didn't fully answer them. Why did Jesus come to be born and not just come and die and rise again? I gave some answers. There's more though. Um, Why did Jesus just announce it to the shepherds and not announce it to everyone? When we ask ourselves those hard questions and um, we're okay with not always getting the full answer, but we learn things about Jesus and we can see how he redeems things. Many of you are going to be around family, all of you. You're going to be around family or friends in the next week here. And those are situations where many of them need to be redeemed, right? Because thing, ugly things happen in families. And maybe it's time for you to let go of your ideal and let Jesus touch it. He does wonderful, 
things. Don't just let it be a normal Christmas where we kind of read Luke 2 and open presents and light some candles and sing some songs. There is something special about Christmas, right? It's not just cultural. Like, there's something spiritual that happens this time of year. And I think it's not necessarily because of the time of year, but because we're coming together indirectly and directly to honor Christ, and he does special things in moments like that. So whatever the opportunities are that come up for you, let Jesus redeem those things.